Thank you for your prayers. Uh, as we were away, uh, it was a while back now, but three weeks ago we were pretty laid out. So um, everybody's healthy and we're good now, so appreciate that. Uh, so we were going to wrap up then prior to the new year, but we've bled a little bit into the new year here, and I think it'll be hopefully still just as profitable. Um, I do see some new faces, so if you're parachuting in, I just want to give you kind of a general overview. We've been going through Respectable Sins. It's a book by Jerry Bridges in which he outlines sins that we kind of have grown comfortable with or maybe even tolerate in our lives. And we've gone through each one in light of the gospel. I think we've always had in mind that we are new creations, created by Christ as a new creation. We're going to see that today. Um, So we are, as believers, already desiring to grow in Christ. So as we highlight these, this isn't just a self-betterment. It's not, as uh, Lloyd-Jones says, is a spiritual navel-gazing. We are looking at Christ as we want to grow in him and through him. And so that's how we're framing this. So this is the last spiritual um, uh, sin, or uh, respectable sin, rather, that we're going to talk about today, which is envy and jealousy. And just by way of, I've put this up there every time, but just by way of reminder, uh, Bridges spent a lot of time in the book, and we did too. Paul spent time going over, um, you know, how are we grounding ourselves before we even talk about these sins? We have to remember that we are new creations in the gospel. So that's what he means by apply the gospel. We have to be rooted in the gospel, never moving on from that, dependent on the Holy Spirit. And then recognizing our responsibility, as we identify each one of these sins in our lives, we are looking to put them to death and mortify them uh, by applying truth, cultivating prayer, bringing other believers alongside of us. And this is how we do battle and, until we're called to the Lord, as Pastor Farrell pointed out this morning. So um, that is where we're grounded. So just to give you a, um, a little outline, <clears throat> first we're going to define envy. What is it? What is it not? Um, Then we're going to look at the prevalence of envy. How big of a problem is it? How prevalent? How common? How can we identify this sin in our own lives? And then the prohibition and potency of envy. Uh, Why not envy? And, um, sorry, I'm uh, destroying things up here. (laughs) I do that in class, too. And then uh, battling envy. And I put up there, you know, because we have three Ps. I thought if we're used to alliteration, you could say parlaying with envy. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep it battling with envy. But if you need the alliteration, there's your third P. Um, how can we mortify envy with biblical truth? I know that's a John MacArthurism. So, um, you know, got to wrap that up. All right, so let's define envy first. Um, there, there are a lot of terms that we use for envy that I think kind of get muddled into one. Um, and so when we use the term envy or Bridges uses the term envy, um, he defines it as the painful and oftentimes resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by someone else. And closely related to this is jealousy. And he defines jealousy as an intolerance of rivalry. And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but you can do a whole study on the difference between jealousy and envy. Um, Jealousy, for one, is an attribute of God. Uh, We see that as clearly described in Exodus. Uh, I, the Lord, am a jealous God. And so 
there is a sense in which jealousy certainly has redeeming qualities. Um, intolerance of rivalry in that case is the Lord is intolerant of anything that will take glory from his name, right? That's what good jealousy is. We, uh, you fail to you know, see a lot of good uh, examples of jealousy in our own lives. I think marriage perhaps being one of them. Um, is maybe a good example of jealousy. If someone is talking or trying to woo your spouse, um, then obviously jealousy is warranted in that case. That is a good or right use of jealousy. However, I'd say most of the time we are on the other side of jealousy, where we are protective of things that really don't matter or things that we're treasuring too much, correct? So that is, uh, that's jealousy and envy. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time parsing those out. Um, but you can see in the Greek, uh, the word for envy is thanos, envy, grudge, spite. Um, and zelao is jealousy or eagerness to possess. Um, it's an onomatopoeia. It sounds, it's like bubbling over. So zelao um, is like this bubbling over with greed or, or zeal. And so uh, all of these are closely tied to covetousness, lust, greed, and discontentment, as we're going to see going through. I thought it would be good to start, perhaps, by maybe doing a little bit of a contrast. We've done this in the past. I think hopefully it's really helpful. Um, How does our culture, today's culture, perceive envy? And um, how does the Bible define envy? Um, As we look at these things, envy, I I already said jealousy maybe has some redeeming qualities. Envy is never described in the Bible as something that God demonstrates or we should demonstrate. So envy is just pure sin, and we're going to see that as we go through. Uh, But let's let's talk about this just a little bit. Any thoughts on how do we see the envy portrayed in our culture today? Any thoughts on that? I guess you get whole political systems built around it, Bolsheviks uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Formalized. Yeah, sure. Yep, yep. You see it on a massive scale. Yeah. Uh, uh, the whole thing of, I know this is maybe age oriented, but keeping up with the Joneses, do they still have that expression? Mm, yeah, yeah. They get a new car. Yep. They have it. Don't you deserve that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, excellent. Yep. So we see that just ingrained in our culture in the messages that are being sent for sure. Yeah. Other thoughts? Yeah. I think those Yes, good. You're entitled to it. You you ha- you deserve it, right? You deserve that nice car. You've, you've been through a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Other thoughts? I think on the flip side of that is that our whole culture is shouting you should make other people envious of yourself. Good. And yes. Yes. People will be envious of you. That's right. And that might be more pride. Yeah. Rather than, rather than envious, but it still has some. Absolutely. No, I think, I mean, social media is built on that, right? Um, most of social media is self-promotion, uh, where we're putting how good our life is, and but basically provoking others to 
Andy. Good. Yeah, um, those are the same ones that I kind of picked out as I was just thinking through this. Um, you think about any commercial uh, out there, most commercials are using Envy. Um, you know, marketing, marketers aren't stupid. They, they know that people operate often in Envy. And so, you know, why do they pick celebrities or, you know, famous people up there? Well, they want people to be envious of their supposedly wonderful lifestyle, right? Um, and we know the opposite is true if you read anything um, later on in these people's lives, unfortunately. Uh, boasting, self-fulfillment, and we've said this already, but the you deserve this mentality, right? Uh, this is a, oh, you, you deserve this. You've, you've been through so much. You, don't you just, in fact, as I was preparing for this, um, we were watching a little show my wife was watching and, or looking at something on her phone, and um, she was laughing at this commercial, and she didn't know that I was just preparing this section, and uh, the commercial literally said, you deserve this. Um, at the end of it, and I said, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what we hear, right? So that's the message we're getting um, through that, and with social media as well. The Bible, on the other hand, has a completely different picture of envy, and one that should be uh, is stark compared to our culture, and one that should be uh, very awakening as we view it. I'm going to go ahead and just put all these up here. This is certainly not comprehensive, but Here's how the Bible paints envy. Uh, Galatians 5, 19 to 22 lumps envy into a list of sins that is called things of the flesh. And when Paul uses that term, typically that is the unredeemed flesh. That's people prior to salvation, right? This is what their life is about. It's built on. It's envy. Um, in Romans 1, 28, um, it's lumped into another list that is described as all manner of unrighteousness. So we see uh, it listed as a quality that certainly is nothing to promote and definitely not something that we wish to grow in our lives. Titus 3.4, which we're going to look at in more detail later. Um, so I'll just put these up here briefly, but we'll actually turn to some of these later. Um, Titus we'll look at pretty in pretty good detail, but it uh, talks about envy as being a trait of the foolish and disobedient, those who are slaves <laughs> to passions, hated by others, and hating one another. So that's pretty, pretty clear, right? Um, that envy is nothing that we should be striving for. And James has a lot to say about envy, uh, which is ironic since he's Jesus' brother. Um, and I think there definitely would be some uh, tension there, right? Maybe in his own heart. Um, but he has a lot to say about guarding against envy. And in James 3, 14 to 16, um, he talks about envy as earthly, unspiritual, demonic, giving way to disorder in every vile practice. And so we clearly can see that the biblical definition of envy is a lot different than our culture or what's being thrown at us in the culture. So going perhaps a little bit deeper here, I think I'm, I'm hoping this will be helpful. I would like to look at maybe what's at the root of envy. So when I say this, I mean, when we envy, what lies are we believing or telling ourselves as we envy? What are we believing that isn't true? And most of this is about God, right? Um, David said, against you and you only I have sinned after he sinned with Bathsheba. Um, we know that's certainly uh, he sinned against Uriah. Um, but he says his sin was primarily against God. 
And so we want to ask, as we envy, what, are, what is the main thing that's going on in our heart or in our mind that's causing this? And I think this is the first step to mortification. So what is at the root of envy? Remember, remembering that it's primarily a sin against God. Well, I think one of the first things, and I think Pastor Farrell actually even touched on this in an element in the sermon this morning, is a lack of trust in his perfect providence. And you can see how this is closely related. Um, it's, it's very easy. When we envy something or envy someone else for having something that we want, perhaps, um, we are not trusting that God has given us all the gifts and blessings that we need, and he appropriately distributes. We are not trusting God as the distributor, if you want to say it that way, uh, the perfect distributor of gifts. If we have less of a gift than someone else, it's because God chose for us to have less of a gift than someone else. If we have more of a gift than someone else, don't boast, the Bible says, because he has chosen for that gift to be more in your life. It's nothing that you did to earn or build this up. So on both sides, we have to come back to this truth that God in his perfect provision has provided every blessing. He is the steward of all, right? So I think that is one thing that we can see. We see this in the Bible in many cases, but I thought of uh, Jacob and Esau, uh, the desiring of the blessing and forfeiting the blessing. So right there we see an example of envy. Um, Rachel of Leah, and actually Leah of Rachel in both ways. Rachel desiring the womb of Leah. Leah desiring the looks of Rachel. And we have kind of a... uh, uh, both way envy there and in both cases again the bible clearly says that god opened the womb of leah he provided that for her he did not provide that for rachel so we have a discontentment with god's providence uh, desire for self-glorification over god and others i think is also at the root of envy um, this, this is an easy one to see how this ties in. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time explaining this. But um, <clears throat> when you look, for example, at Cain and Abel, uh, Saul and David, David uh, slayed, or Saul slayed his thousands, David is ten thousands. Um, there, there's just a clear picture of, hey, they have that. I, I, I should be getting that glory, right? That, look at what I did. Doesn't anyone see what I did? Uh, that is just ingrained in us, right? Um, and it's when it's in our niche area. We'll talk about this later, but usually uh, Bridges says you're not envious of someone who has a completely different talent than you. It's usually someone who has a very similar talents and you think, I should be getting that glory, right? Uh, whether it be, he, he uses the example of book writing because he writes books. Um, and he said, you know, I was writing books and uh, not getting many speaking engagements that were foreign, like in Europe or whatever. And he saw this lady who was getting all these speaking engagements and glory, and he said in his heart he was envious, he felt it. But then he he realized or remembered, I don't even like to travel. (laughs) And I'm still envious of her. He's like, this is just pure sin. This is just, I just want this glory, right? Um, and so we, we can relate to that, you know, where we're desiring what someone else has, even if we don't necessarily want the thing. We want the result of that thing, the glory that comes with it, right? I, 
on that piece. That's so good. Like, why why do we have malicious thoughts toward people who have something that we don't want? Why don't mm-hmm. we just cover what they have? Why do we actually hate mm. them because they have it? We don't. And this is just illustrative. But Aristotle has this interesting observation of humanity and envy, and he says, we hate being in the shadow. If our neighbor builds a bigger house, we're content just to tear down the house, even if our house is still the same. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of the essence of it. It's like it's right. preeminence, right? Yeah. We, 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 our life doesn't change, but we're still number one, then we're content. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really good. It's a good illustration. Yeah. I get the self-glorification uh, over others, but... Desire for self-glorification over God. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is coming back to that to that root. I think envy is naturally other-directed, right? Um, but I think we can say, in essence, every sin is a desire to steal glory that's rightfully God's, right? So I think that's where that line is coming from. All of this is God's glory. Even that glory that your neighbor has is glory that's been granted to them by God. God is the steward of that glory. And so wanting that glory for ourselves is innately wanting God's glory, anything that should be attributed to him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good point. Any other thoughts or questions on that? I heard you mention the word discontent, and it seems like, you know, that was actually another chapter uh, yeah. earlier. Yeah, uh, and, uh, But that, that would be in a root of, in the individual they're discontent, so then when they see something, then they, yes. they want that. And Absolutely. Yeah, I think it definitely leads into that. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, we'll, we'll go quickly on this one. A desire over, for control. I think we see this in um, the case of Joseph. All of us know this story, um, but his brothers were, it says in the Bible, his brothers were jealous. Um, they were envious of the affection of the father towards Joseph. And so they, um, and Joseph had just given his prophecy, right, that they would bow down to him. And so they wanted to take things into their own hands. They wanted to control the situation. They had envy in their heart. And so they threw him into the pit. They wanted to kill him, um, but they ended up throwing him into the pit. And so it's this desire for control or controlling the situation. So I think these are the primary roots of envy. And it's important to identify these in our own heart, so that we can do battle with them. So we're going to apply truths. Uh, but before I move on, are there any thoughts or questions about roots of envy or additions, comments? Yeah, I've just seen an old heart, Bobby. Like, there's obviously the passive like lack of trust in what, what God has given us and uh, that he hasn't distributed things properly, mm. like, as if we could counsel him on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also like an act of I've even seen this in my heart just like an accusatory like <clears throat> like that just seems wrong like, mm. I have worked harder you know. so there's almost like an act of like accusing God uh, you may not say that you know, yeah. that's not yeah. to say but um, that's really what's going on mm-hmm. it's an accusatory heart yeah. towards the one who is perfectly wise yeah <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah just just seeing that week to week, obviously. Yeah, amen. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So is it really saying, I could do better than God in this area? Right, yeah. Putting ourselves in the place. If I, if I were sovereign, then I wouldn't choose these circumstances for myself, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think going off of that, I mean, you can see this in the in the fall in Genesis three, right? Um, doesn't explicitly say envy, but you get the sense there, there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve desired the fruit because seeing that it was good, it would make them know good and evil. It would make them like God. In other words, Satan, the deceiver, tempts them. Uh, with with the fruit, and then they partake. They're putting themselves in the place of God. Um, and so I think, yeah, absolutely. You see this from the dawn of creation. And um, that's actually a good segue, because next uh, I want to look at the pervasiveness of envy. It's, it is a subtle sin in the, in the sense that it's not one that we talk about often. Um, it's there, but... You know, we're not, we don't spend a whole lot of time maybe ruminating on how we're envious, um, but very pervasive. Uh, I put a couple ways that it's pervasive. I put from birth because we have a one-year-old in our house. <laughs> and um, it's very clear. <laughs> so uh, the, actually, uh, last week, uh, we were, and I'm not picking on her. This is all of us and all of our children, right? <laughs> Um, but uh, in the kitchen, the kids were getting ice cream, and she's one and a half. She's never tasted ice cream. She knows nothing of ice cream. All she sees is that the other kids are getting something, they're really excited about it, and she runs to the kitchen, and she uses her word for please right now, which is za. So she, she, with the most intense expression on her face, za! Like, literally just shouting this. And I thought, huh, there's envy at its roots, right? <laughs> um, so this is something that we don't have to be taught, right? Um, literally, this is in us from birth, this envy, this, hey, I don't even know what that is, but boy, do I want that because others are enjoying it, right? Um, so, so it's pervasive. It's, it's in all of us from birth. Um, briefly, I, I'm not going to go through these. I just put them up there for you, but we can look at these examples through all of biblical history, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, Leah and Rachel. We've already highlighted a lot of these. The sons of Korah and Moses desiring his authority and his power. Um, We can highlight David and Saul, which we have. The story of the parable of the prodigal son's brother. The Pharisees and Jesus being kind of the penultimate prime example. In fact, Pilate says he knew, or the Bible says Pilate knew that it was out of envy that they delivered him. So, so we see that actually even named in the Bible uh, by Pilate's observation of their envy of Jesus. And so this is very pervasive. And in modern day, we've already pointed out some examples. Uh, but really start trying to kind of bring it home here more to the application portion. Um, in what ways or situations are we most tempted to envy in our lives. You can think of maybe categories, situations, specific things. I think it might be helpful to name some of these so we can be on the lookout for them and then do battle with them. So what are what are some areas that you think or um, have seen are common 
areas that we struggle with envy in our own lives or in our own culture. Hey, Bob. One that comes to my mind, because I'm in seminary right now, is just ministry envy or, mm. or gift envy. Yeah. Um, you, and oftentimes what we do envy are, are good things you mm-hmm. know, that should be used for the Lord. But, but I think it goes back to what you said about desiring preeminence above God. We're not, we're not trying to build God's kingdom, we're trying to build our own. Yeah. And so we see that guy who he's in seminary, but he's already preaching these barn burner sermons. He, his Hebrew and Greek diagrams are perfect. <laughs> he's helping out in, I don't know, youth ministry or something and doing a great job. Yeah. He's got 12 guys he's just discipling, whatever. And, <laughs> and just the, the tendency of your heart is to yeah. envy that. Like, I want to I be like that. Yeah. <laughs> and if I want to be like that for God's sake, that's good. Mm-hmm. But if I want to be like that for my sake, for my own reputation, for my own my own glory, to feel good about myself, or to have other people praise me, yeah. that's that's <laughs> envy right there. Yeah, Amen. And, it's, and yeah. it's just an example of how we take good things and distort them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, that's a good example. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Other this, areas. I think this is one of the sins that I hear the most out loud that's not classified, like people saying it, they don't say, oh, they think they're sinning. They, mm. they, they're just like, oh, wow, I really like that car. I, you know, I'm not sinning. I don't really, I'm not like desiring after. I just would really like it, but and I don't have it, but I just really, really want it. And so like, it's just very too modernized and too, um, sort of thinking, too yeah, too modernized and too um, accepted. That yeah. just everyone yeah. says it out loud and you hear it over and over and again, yeah. and like, you got to make sure you like, okay, hey, I'm turn your thoughts to, oh, I'm happy for that person who bought that whatever car or whatever it is, because as we keep saying it out loud, it's, it can, you know, multiple times will fester in our heart, and just that desire will grow more and more in every day. Yeah, yeah, good. That's a good example. Absolutely. Yeah, we see that being promoted a lot, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I would say, kind of, in general terms, wherever the Lord has you, Mm. Because in terms of envy, cropping up in my own mind, uh, the thing that envy does as an output, not mentioning just the sin, but I think it skirts our responsibilities. So when envy crops up in our minds and we, and we see it and take note of it, I think it's very easily then to take note, what am I dropping the ball on? What responsibilities have I just skirted away from because I'm worried about somebody else or something else? Mm-hmm. The Lord has more than likely provided for me a task that I am trying to push myself away from. Yeah. And even like when you look at the list up there, like Cain, the Lord said to him, "If you not do well, will you not be accepted?" It wasn't. There was no problem with what he was doing, mm-hmm. and yet completely turning away from what the Lord gives to us. Yeah. So whatever yeah. situation it is, I think envy a lot of times can just pushes us away from our responsibility. Yeah. Amen. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Other is this too simple to say? Uh, I have five daughters. For example, you use your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and to, to say my my hips are too big or too small. Yeah. Parts of my body are too big. Other parts are too small. Yep. And then me, all my hair is gone, and I recognize yeah. my age and say, why can't I have that name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we do that. That's this. That's this stuff. That's right. That's right. On that's a right. spiritual level, these others I agree with. Absolutely, yeah. 
Yeah, just a looks looks based, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia. Or Alicia. That's good. Yeah. All great examples. Um, this is purely from brainstorming, but I just kind of put some categories up here of things that I've thought. And as you know, I think we've all pointed out, this differs for all of us. And uh, Bridges points out again that it's, it's the things that you're usually gifted in or close to or desiring yourself that you envy the most um, or situations. So we have possessions, which we've already mentioned, lifestyle, being single versus married, um, circumstances, family, um, you know, what, what's my family like? Maybe they have, a, they have a great family situation, but mine's not so great. Um, you know, those are easy uh, places that we can envy, skills, talents, knowledge, gifts. Um, we've talked about looks. Glory, accolades, promotions, if you're taking this to the workplace, really easy. School, I know we have a lot of med students in here. Um, you know, very easy with achievement and grades and all of this to get wrapped up into that. Uh, prosperous work, we've talked about even in the ministry, like, hey, their church is growing. Why is mine not growing? What am I doing wrong? You know, there are, there are so many ways. And I, I just put this up here just to show, you know, the, the many different categories that we can envy in. So it is prevalent. Um, there are three conditions, and I've mentioned them already, so I'm just going to put them up there because they're not hidden anymore. Um, Brita says we, we envy those with whom we most closely identify. Think, for example, are you more likely to be envious of your siblings or your father and mother? Well, your siblings, right? I mean, I think we probably would all say that. Why? Why is that the case? Why don't we envy our father and mother, but we, we very quickly envy our siblings? I think our father and mother is not really our, we don't perceive that as like our portion. That's, that's a different category. Right, totally different. But the sibling is actually taken from my portion. Right. Yep. Or the, the peer, the co-worker. The other person in seminary, that's, that's some of my portion. I could have had some of that. Yep. Absolutely. Good. Uh, we tend to envy those in areas that we most value. We've already talked about that a little bit. Um, and when we view something that we think is rightfully ours or that we've earned, especially go to another person, this is a very, very um, good situation to grow envy, Right. Uh, hey, I, I did that work. Uh, perhaps we even see someone cheating. Uh, this can happen in the workplace, right? You see someone getting ahead, and they're using, they're cutting corners. They're doing it unlawfully. The Bible has a lot to say about envy of sinners, envy of wrongdoers. We're going to look at that, uh, Lord, Lord willing and time permitting here. Um, and, and Bridges ends this by kind of saying, we may not even want the better circumstances. We just resent them having it. And we've already talked about that. This is just 
deeply ingrained, entrenched in us. Any thoughts on these conditions before we go to kind of the, the prohibition and then the application? Any other thoughts on these? Oh, sorry, Walker. One of the, one of the areas that I'm most tempted to envy in, and it doesn't quite make sense because it really doesn't line up with the third one, um, is looking at people who are advancing not in my same area, but like third, fourth year medical students, graduated residents, attending doctors, yeah. is I'm envious of them. But in my mind, that doesn't really make sense because mm. it's not the same. They're not in my portion. They've already right, got to do right. the same exact work I'm going through. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little confusion in my brain. What way, why in the world is my brain going to, <laughs> to yeah. envy with them rather than... I don't know, idolization or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, I think, at least for, for the part that I've understood, these are not rules. Um, so I, I certainly don't think that it's only in your portion because I've felt that with things that are outside of my purview as well. Um, so he, he didn't pull from a specific verse. So I guess we should be cautious in saying that it only happens with things in your purview. I think it certainly can happen at any station in life, yeah. You can envy another person's station in life. Um, it's very easy to do, yeah. Yeah, it's a good comment. Other thoughts or comments? Bobby, yeah. I would say it definitely, yeah. what Walker just said definitely fits with the second one there. It's something you value a lot. Mm. Like what you desire. What you're looking towards. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts or questions back there? Mm-hmm. Married, like get married one day. When does that become envious versus yeah. just, it's a good desire? Yeah. But when yeah. does, what does that line look like when it becomes an envy? That's really, really good. In fact, I, I highly recommend um, you can Google it. John Piper wrote an article mm-hmm. on envy that's really good. And in it, he spends a lot of time dissecting that line. Um, I think as a Christian, we, we know when we cross that line, um, is, is what I'll say, um, because obviously that's not apparent to people outside of us. But those are, you know, Paul says, imitate me as I'm imitating the Lord. What does he mean by that? He doesn't mean be envious of me, but he does mean look towards the things that I'm doing and do them as well. And so that's when our good desires are there. We want to be more like Christ. Um, but where is that line when that crosses into but I want it for my glory, I think we all have to, you know, the, the spirit is a gift there um, that hopefully will help us discern that. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, it's something really good to think about. I think that's, that's, a, that's a big one because I think it gets smuggled in as an engine of productivity. Mm-hmm. And so there's this fear of, of, at least for me, like addressing envy or maybe malcontentedness is like, you know, how am I going to be motivated to, to do what I should do if I don't, yeah. you know, have that motivator of yeah. pushing me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, great comments. Real quick, um, I think one good gauge on that is what does my heart do when someone else gets exactly what I want? Um, mm-hmm. Can I be happy for them? Is that my first impulse? Yeah. Or am I upset about that? Yeah. If I'm upset about that, that's a sure sign. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. That's a good gauge, litmus test. Yeah, really good. 
All right, let's look. Um, I want to do this briefly so that we can get towards um, some of the last kind of wrap-up type questions. Um, but the Bible is clear on prohibitions to envy, and I wanted to put some context in these too because, again, going back to the beginning, uh, I'm assuming everyone in here is a believer. We are in Christ. If you're in Christ, he is already producing fruit in you. And that fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. This is anti-envy. So these are being produced in you. Um, In light of that, when these are mentioned, especially Paul, like in Galatians, it's always, you are formally this. You are formally dot, 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 envious uh, is in that list. But being in Christ, um, and he says in Galatians 5, 24 to 26. And let, in fact, let's turn there real quick just so you can see an example. Because um, I don't want to neglect looking at this in context. So we're pretty familiar with this section, Galatians 5, <clears throat> um, starting at 19. Galatians 5, 19. Paul says, Now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these thi- and things like these. So he opens it up to the whole broad category. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is the fruit of the Spirit passage. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And um, goes on to talk about living in the spirit and bearing one another's burdens. And so we can see in context, this is the new creation um, in us is desiring to put away envy. It's a clear passage. It's put on, put off. If you look at 1 Peter Put away all envy in a list, envy, malice, um, strife, and long for spiritual milk. In fact, right on the foothills of that, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So we're filling ourselves with the better portion. We're filling our, ourselves with Christ. And so the way to battle envy is not necessarily, a, I think, the worldly way when you're trying for self-betterment is like, just don't do that, right? Um, New Year's, if you made a resolution right, um, or a goal, it's like you make a list, and you do this, and you don't do that, and it's not quite as simple in the Christian life, we are filling our life with Christ, so that these are being put to death, we are tasting the good portion of Jesus, and we're putting these to death at the same time, and so this is completely different than just a worldly self-betterment, right, uh, this is at filling ourselves with the good portion, not the scraps, um, and through that, we will be putting envy to death. So that's the prohibition. What's the potency? Uh, what's at stake? Even for Christians, what's at stake? Um, two, two Proverbs, which are really helpful with this. One is Proverbs 27.4, which says, Wrath is cruel, anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? And so we see here just a kind of putting jealousy forward as a... Um, kind of a penultimate sin. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. So let me ask you, and um, we can kind of maybe parse this out a little bit, what suffers when we 
let envy grow as Christians? In other words, what are the effects of this, the negative effects, uh, if we envy? Perhaps um, in our workplace, but I'm thinking more in the church. Um, what suffers in our fellowship when we let envy grow? Yeah. Do you think there's a lack of joy mm. um, when we're not contented in what in, in the um, portion that God's provided for us, you know, and we're looking to other people? It's like we can't experience the joy that comes with walking in step with where He has us. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, amen, good. Yep, true concern for others. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Growing contention. Quarrels arise out of envy, right? Yeah. Are all these suggestions parsing out the, the what are rotten bones? Uh not not necessarily. Uh, we'll look at that, but I think the joy one can be inferred there, for sure. Um, so one of these, I'll put the two main ones actually that were mentioned here, um, and John Piper quote here, one of the barriers to being concerned for other people is that we envy them. And so here's uh, where we're going to go, James 4. So why don't you go ahead and turn there. <coughs> We can't spend a whole lot of time here, but just quickly look at James 4. And you're probably familiar with this passage. We use it in a lot of different contexts, but I think here you uh, see James asking the question, what causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? This is an outworking of envy, right? What causes this? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And then he goes on to talk about that. You see clearly here that envy kills a genuine concern for others. And so when we let envy grow, it, it thwarts our ability to love, really. Um, you see this even in the Corinthians passage uh, that love does not envy. It's specifically mentioned. If you're loving, it's, an, it's antithesis is envy. You cannot envy and love at the same time. It's, it's impossible. So envy thwarts or chokes out love, true, genuine love, and it kills joy. So let's go to uh, the good news here <laughs> with uh, two minutes left, right? All right, let me put some of these up here for you, and then maybe we can talk about some next week. I think we're going to have to bleed over into uh, do that and then our wrap-up, maybe. Um, but I want to leave you with, with some of these. How do we do battle with truth here? <clears throat> First of all, if you look at um, Titus, probably one of the clearest descriptions of the gospel in three verses, uh, Titus 3, 3 through 7. Um, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's a condensed version of the gospel. Well, really, interestingly, it comes right on the foothills of mentioning envy. Um, and so it's interesting here, we get an encouragement that uh, you were envious, but now the gospel, you are new in Christ. And so that, is, um, that is, should be our encouragement. That's where 
we go in Titus that our encouragement is that we are new creation in Christ. Uh, Psalm 37, another good one to note if you struggle with envy. The whole psalm is about envy. It starts with do not be envious of those who are sinful, who are gaining advantage. And then the whole psalm goes through a whole list of prayers and meditations of the heart to battle this. So if you're battling this, I I highly recommend Mark Psalm 37 and go there. It's just beautiful. And one of the key themes there is trust the Lord as a perfect judge. He will work all things out in the end. You don't think you have enough. You think you have too much. Um, He will level the playing field in the end. He is the perfect judge, and we can trust that God is the perfect judge. In situations where maybe we're envious of someone in church, you can go to Romans 12, 3 through 8. God perfectly assigns and measures our faith and function in the body. Perfectly. Someone's a toe, another person's an eye. Uh, we're not envious of the toe or eye, we're the same body. That would be ludicrous, is what Paul is saying. You don't hate your own thumb, right? Um, your thumb is very useful. I, I mentioned the thumb because my wife cut her thumb this week. Um, so I was, she said, you don't know how many things you do with the tip of your thumb <laughs> until you heard it. And I thought about that in light of this. You know, so one of us is the tip of the thumb. We don't know how many things that tip of the thumb does in the body, right? Uh, we don't know how many things the eyes do, do the nose does. We, we miss it. If anyone lost their smell during COVID, you're lamenting over this, right? We, 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 we had this. We need everyone in the body, and this guards us against envy. God perfectly portions our gifts according to his measure and good providence. And then the last two that I'll put up here to wrap up. Perhaps in situations when we envy another station in life, material wealth, promotions, just remember that God executes perfect judgment, putting down one person and lifting another up. Again, this is coming back to God's sovereignty. And in situation perhaps where we envy another's praise in our own work, remember we work for the Lord, not for man's approval. Uh, we're working for him. And so it's with all of this in mind, I think hopefully we can grow together. I know it's been encouraging for me to look at these verses this week even, to do battle and grow in this area. And remember always that Christ, our perfect Savior, has already canceled these sins of envy that you have committed that you will commit, they're canceled on the cross. And so we have to always come back to that beautiful truth in the gospel. So with that in mind, let's pray and um, go forth this week. Heavenly Father, we do confess we are envious at our core. Uh, We are sinners, Lord, who desire our own glory so often glory, wealth, things that just make us look or we think feel better. And yet we are told in your word that we are new creations, Lord. We have taste and seen that you are good. We have seen the better portion in Christ and his not only example, but his death and resurrection, which has secured our place with you. It's with this that we do battle so that we can be more like him, so that you get the glory Lord, your word says that we can and pray for knowledge and discernment and the fruit of righteousness, which comes through you for the praise and the glory of Christ. So it's in this that we pray as